Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. You know what that means. That means you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. And um, before we get started here, I would like to pray as we always do our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray Pray for for us. us. St. John Paul II, pray pray for for us. us. Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, so um, we are. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna focus on something that seems to be pretty um, uh, readily available to all of us an emotion that we're all experiencing to different degrees, um, either in ourselves or in people we come in contact with during this extraordinarily um, different time. <laughs> of coronavirus and everything else that's mm-hmm. going on. But um, I'm here with Dennis Maka, and I'm glad that he's here Good morning. with me um, to discuss and, and um, to talk about this. But fear is something that was brought up all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> by Jesus and, and the, the call to not be afraid. Um, you know, John Paul II, um, one of my heroes, uh, I mean, he opened his pontificate with be not, be, be not afraid and followed it with open wide the doors to Christ. And that that's the answer to um, ultimately to, to fear. And so I wanted to talk about what we're experiencing, Dennis, me, what hopefully, you know, what, what y'all are experiencing out there and then hopefully provide some, some ideas um, to, address that, not, not only individually, but within your own family in, in a way that maybe um, will challenge you, will challenge us, and that um, will hopefully give us um, peace in the midst of this very trying time. So anyway, if that sounds reasonable to y'all, you know, keep me in your prayers and Dennis, and um, hopefully we'll give God um, the glory and um, do him justice by what we talk about today. So amen. Um, one of the things that I'd, I'd like to start with, and I think it's, I think it should be central because as fear, what I've found is one of the great um, answers to fear um, is to listen to what Jesus and what the apostles say with regard to it. And, um, there's one that I go back to, and I've gone back to times, and I'm going to read it here because I think that um, we see the apostles who are walking with Jesus, right, by you know, experience fear. And then in Matthew, Jesus is talking, and then this is one, like I said, that it was recently read, but uh, in mass, but I, but I'm going to go ahead and read it here because I think it is comforting, and I think it's something that we all should turn to because scripture is inspired. Uh, the Holy spirit inspired it. And I think that it can give us great peace and comfort, uh, in the midst of trials. So I'll just read, this is Matthew seven, 
I'm sorry, 6, 25 and following, says, and this is Jesus, says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable, of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. And as I read that, mm-hmm. there's, there's several things that jump out to me that I think are, are critical to, to trying to make it part of your spirituality. Number one, you know, he talks about, hey, God takes care of all these other things, and he's in charge of, of providing for his creation. And, and he even is concerned about the sparrows and the birds and all these different things. And are you of not more value than they, um, and won't he take care of you? So I think at the beginning, you've got to, we got to be understanding that no matter how crazy it looks, and we talked about it last in the in the last couple of the shows. We talked about the fact that if we focus on what's before us and do not recognize what is going on behind <laughs> what's before us, in other words, if we don't allow us to be open to what's invisibly going on. Then, and we focus on merely the the matter in front of us, the the things that are going on. Then we don't really have a Catholic outlook. We don't have a Christian outlook because mm-hmm. at the foundation of being Christian is God loves us. He loves our creation, and and no matter what it looks like, He is loving us in and through this. And so, I think that's what at least part of what He's saying. Um, there is, don't worry about mm-hmm. the stuff that you can't handle, the stuff that you don't um, have an answer for, mm-hmm. um, but, but, but trust. Now, that's what faith is, and I think that that's at least fundamental mm-hmm. to, uh, to us is that, and again, we've talked about this recently on, on some shows. We talked about the, the visible reality that confronts us that is always a challenge to to us as individuals to look beyond what we see to the invisible reality behind it. So just in day-to-day part of part of the being a Catholic Christian is central to it is the sacraments. And I think fundamental to that is is that no matter what the sacrament is there is some um, something that doesn't look like what it is <laughs> to the eye. I mean, the most obvious of that is the Eucharist. It looks no different than it was when it was brought up to the to the table for consecration, up to the altar for consecration. It still looks like a, a piece of bread or a cracker, and it still looks and uh-huh. tastes like that wine looks and tastes like that. And so fundamental to our faith is, is to see those things for what they really are, even though our eyes and our taste buds and everything that we experience mm-hmm. says it's something different. And I don't know, we have to extend that. And I think if we, if we grow up in a faith and in a family that is focused on the sacraments, that when we go to confession, that that priest sitting across from us is when he when he when he says, "I absolve you of your sins." 
that is Christ himself absolving, even though it's Father Brian's voice or Father right. David or whoever, whoever's voice that is. It's not in, even though that's, that matter is saying that to us, it really is Jesus who's doing it. Mm-hmm. It looks like bread, looks like wine, tastes like bread, tastes like wine, but it's really Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Right. So at the center of being Catholic is being able to look at something and recognize that, hey, what it looks like is right. this, but it's something else. So bringing that back to fear, it might look like fear. It might feel like fear. And knowing that fear is a reaction that God gave us right. to be able to help us survive. Excuse me. He, uh, he gave us the ability to have those reactions. And so... Right. In that passage, it's not saying do not concern yourself with what you will eat or what you, you know, it's do not have anxiety over those things because it won't add to your life. And so we're not asked daily magically waiting for God to spoon feed us our food or or go to the store and grocery shop for us. We're called to concern ourselves. Right with those things. And so we can be concerned with the things of the world, which include all the things that we naturally can be afraid of. But if we let that turn to an anxiety level to where day to day is impacting us, I think that's what God is calling us to do is to give that in faith to him. I think you're. I think you're right on something. He he does say, you know, what does your worry? What what can your worry actually yeah. do? There's nothing that it can do. Yeah. The fear is, that, like I said, we've we've talked about this before. If you look at the miracles that Jesus did, whether it's the feeding of the five thousand mm-hmm. or um, the gift of the Eucharist, doesn't matter. Whatever he whatever he does, I'm always amazed at the fact that. What we have to offer is so minimal to it, but but we have to do something. So something, he could yeah. have fed he could have fed the five thousand by just magically calling down, but he asked them to provide it themselves. Right, and and so there was the small act of giving the five loaves and two fish, or two if that's correct, it's two <laughs> loaves and five fish or five loaves and two fish, but some small amount right. and saying here it is, Lord does not look like there's any way that this could even feed us, much less the 5,000 people around us. Mm -hmm. But because you're who you say you are, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do that small thing and then trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Right. He could have magically not made them hungry. Right. (laughs) You know, there's lots of things he could have done. Right. And, and yet I think, I think part of what you were saying is, at least this is, and you can see if I'm I'm wrong, but we, we're called to do what's in front of us, whatever that thing is. So if I if I need to take care of a sick child, or if I need to go to the grocery store and buy mm-hmm. milk because we're out of it at home, or yeah. whatever, we're called to do that as part of who we are. But we can't worry about what he how he's going to do it. He's going to provide that, so we have to trust that he's going to do what is necessary to provide mm-hmm. for us by doing the little, we don't sit back and just say, okay, yeah. God, you do it, but you do have to do something sometimes. Mm-hmm. You just take that next step. The next step. And I think part of dealing with fear, I think probably the, the, the most I've experienced fear was back when right after the triplets were born, I was working for myself and, mm-hmm. and, and you can get caught up with the, the what ifs, you know, what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? What if this deal doesn't come through? What if, right. and, and then, oh, and I've got to do this, 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 and this. And you can get overwhelmed by all the stuff, both in front of you and in your mind mm-hmm. that causes great deal of fear. And one of my good friends said what you just said, Hey, Trey, just do the next thing. Mm-hmm. The, do the next thing that is the best thing for you to doing, be doing in the next moment. And then trust that that will be enough for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that we can get caught up in things that are completely outside of our control, and we can't control that, but we can control doing the next thing, whatever that is. And And so... What does that mean in a family? I mean, continue doing what you're doing. Do, yeah. you know, 
do the work that it is to run a household. I mean, mm -hmm. make the beds, clean the house, go to the grocery store, cook the food. All those things are what we're called to do. They seem small and then trust God to provide whatever is necessary. I think we as humans, because we have an intellect and we have an imagination and we have everything, we, we can think through all of the things. I, I love the line, which I think is at least an extension of what we were just talking about when he says, you know, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for right. the day, which I think is kind of saying, take, do, take care of the stuff yeah. that's in front of you right now. Don't worry about what it might look like tomorrow or anything. And then just trust in that. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I think that I know personally, I, I believe that the, I was, I talked to my, my daughter years, a couple of years back, mm -hmm. maybe it was last year there. And I brought this up before, but I think it points to this and she was, she had missed a penalty kick in a, in a, in a big game. They ended up winning, but, 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 but she caused some consternation for the team because she didn't make it. And I was like, well, <laughs> what? and it's so not like you, everything yeah. that you do is confidence. And I said, what were you thinking before? And she was thinking, I was, she said, I was thinking about what if I missed it? Yeah. And, and I said, well, there's, there's the problem. Yeah. Um, we can be thinking about the results when in fact, all we're called to do is act in the now to do the thing that we're going to do. You've, you've kicked that ball from that spot into that goal hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. And the only difference is, is now it matters. Right. And now I'm thinking about what happens if, when in fact, all you needed to concentrate on was what's the next thing that I need to do. I need to do what I've always done and just do it the best of my ability. And I, and I, one of the things I thought about, and, I, and I've heard a couple of people talk about this, that if, if God in eternity is, you know, outside of time and everything is now to him, he's seeing everything at once, then I think maybe that now, whatever now is, whatever is in front of you in the now is the closest that you'll get to eternity yeah. <laughs> at that moment, because you can't change what's past and you cannot hand, you know, there's no way to know what's going to happen in the future, but I can focus on the next thing. Yeah. And I, I think in worrying about these things, so many people feel like I'm less of a Christian or less of a person. And, and, you know, I, I think in, background of counseling that I, I've come from and, and worked with people, it's it's normalizing that fear to saying it's okay to have that emotion, but what are you going to do with it? So in having that fear about kicking the the, the penalty kick, you're normal or, or in having fear of whether yes. or not I'm going to get this virus or if the mob's going to come attack me, right. it's normal to have that fear. You're not having a lack of faith in God, but what you do in that moment is you ask for God to bring you faith. If you don't have the faith, you act out in faith. So it's kind of a paradox there that you you ask for the help and you trust that God will bring about what's best for your life in the long term. And one thing that Mother Angelica always used to say, um, which is something that we had to listen to in setting up the whole radio station, is God does not necessarily shine you for you the light at the end of the tunnel. He just shines enough light so you can take the next step. Absolutely. And, and, and taking that next step, you're following in the will of God. And that can be applied in almost everything you do in life, uh, family, work, um, dealing with crisis, um, you know, you name it. Just take that next step. And if it's not the right step, God will guide you. Yep. And, and sometimes That's part of the trust, sometimes that guidance doesn't feel so good. <laughs> right. No, I, 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 you, as you were talking, I thought of a couple of things. One, the same person who told me, Trey, just do the next thing, played, played for A&M and football and played in the NFL for five years. And we talked about, uh, we were talking about being nervous about something or being anxious about something, mm -hmm. having butterflies. Yeah. And what he said was, okay, butterflies are fine. You need to make them fly in formation, yeah. fly the <laughs> so, direction you, know, you want and to the go. way you want to go. And I think what he was trying to say is it's very normal, and I think it's exactly what you're saying, mm -hmm. because it's a human response 
that fear is something that wells up. And sometimes, I mean, I, if, if you're like me, it can, it can, you, you, you can be in, before you know it, you're actually experiencing fear and you didn't even feel it coming on and it just happens. That's, that's normal. That's, that's an emotion. That's right. something. But then what do you do with it? Well, you, mm-hmm. in his analogy, you make them fly in the direction that you're supposed to be going. You, you focus on what the next thing is. I think extending beyond that, there's a lot of work today with regard to, I mean, forget the faith or not, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just people saying the process is what you need to focus on. So guys like Nick Saban and people that are football coaches talk about the process. And what is the process? He says you don't you don't focus on the result. You focus on what is my job to do right now mm-hmm. that's in front of me. And if I string a bunch of doing those things right, right with the help of God's grace, the results will happen. But we can't look at the results because the results or whatever's yeah. happening around us can make us kind of pull back from what we ought to do out of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, to to say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that because I'm I'm not gonna say that or I'm not gonna because I'm afraid of what might happen. It sounds a little bit like the, the, um, in the in the parable, of the talents. Mm-hmm. You know, the the one, the one who was given the one talent. Right. Then he comes back. You know, I hit it. Now here's your talent back. And 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 he said, I know you. You're, you yeah. You know, I was afraid of what you were going to do. I was afraid you were going to do. Like if yeah. if I lose, and we can't, as a son of the father, as a as as a Christian, as we see ourselves, we're sons of God. And that's what First John says. So we are sons of God. Then we have to act like sons of God and say, okay, I'm going to go do with what he's given me in the place that he's given me with the gifts and talents that I have mm-hmm. and the vocation that he's given me. I'm going to do the next thing to the best of my ability and then trust him for the rest. Yeah. And if we do that, then I, what I found was if you stop focus, stop thinking about the what ifs, the things that might happen, and you can let go of the okay, I messed that up. That's what's what's great about confession, is you name it, claim it, and then it's gone. If right. you go, you go and get that confession. The future we can't hold. The past we can we can say okay, I can learn from that. Lord, please help me go to confession and do it. But really, the what we have to focus on is the process, the next thing that I need to do. And so as a as a family. I have found mm-hmm. that if I can focus on those things, and I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing, no matter how minuscule, no matter how mundane it is, then it's funny how the fear goes away. I've heard people say that if you have something that's daunting out there, if you'll sit down and say, okay, let's identify the issue, mm-hmm. write it down, and then, okay, what's, what are some things that I can do, that that exercise by itself is something that takes some of the fear of the future away. Has anything changed by writing it down? Zero. Right. But sometimes we can let our minds go <laughs> to places it doesn't need to go. Mm-hmm. And and what we need to do is focus on, okay, what's the real issue here? So like for, for this, we were talking about this before. I mean, yeah. w- we need to tell our kids, I mean, it depends on where we are and what kind of health issues they have. Mm-hmm. My kids are all, you know, thank praise be to God and thanks for him are, are relatively healthy young mm-hmm. people. We've got to teach them to be careful, you know, d- to do the things that they're supposed to do, wash their hands. Right. That's the next thing, you know, uh, try to avoid being in, in big crowds, mm-hmm. all those type of things, but still be a human being <laughs> and, and know that you're meant to be in communion with others. So let's figure out how to do that, but just do what's in front of you to the best of your ability, knowing what it is. Can we control whether we can't even see the virus? Right. So it's not, it's nothing we can see. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it's going to impact each of us. So that's not something that we're in control of. What are we yeah. in control of? Am I washing my hands? Am right. I, am I doing the things that I ought to be doing that I can control and then trust mm-hmm. God for the rest? Right. And, and I, I think, so many people are consumed with the anxiety and fear of the unknown. And, and that's, that's, I think the issue here, you right. know, and, 
and so quickly, so many of us can compare this to the flu. But like we were talking about right before the show is that we pretty much know what the flu symptoms could be on a range right. of scale. You know, um, what we're facing now with this current virus, it could affect your respiratory system. Yeah, it could affect your toes. It could affect, you know, it, it could not fa- affect you at all, you know. And so the the thing is what I try to do and live my life by is to not live in the fear to know if I'm going to get it, then I'll get it. I pray that I don't have any symptoms, but if I do, they're minimal. And if they're not, we'll deal with that as it comes. But I, you know, I try not to, to go and, uh, you know, I'm, you try to be careful. Like you said, take those steps that you need to, to protect yourself and others. The thing is that there are so many different conflicting sources of information out there, whether or not masks do or don't work. I mean, hand washing is a no, no brainer that it works. Right. (laughs) You wash your hands, you keep them clean, but even hand sanitizer is on a range of scale of does it work or now they have some that are dangerous to you. So we've got to be able to live through all this crisis that we're going through. And it's not just the virus that's going on these days, folks. It, you've got to live through it without fear. You've got to take the steps necessary to protect yourself and your family and those around you, but you can't stay frozen. Now, with that being said, we have a lot of um, elderly people that are listening. A lot of those that might be listening that are immuno, no, immunodeficient. Yeah. yeah, thank you for that word there. Immunocompromised is what I was thinking. But, you know, people that have illnesses, they need to be extra cautious and not extra fearful, but extra cautious and so I've always been of of the mindset that if I catch this and I, uh, me personally, don't show symptoms or I get over it quickly, that's a good thing because that's how God designed our body to be. Right. And if I don't get over this, let's say I'm hospitalized or, you know, uh, God forbid, die, then I pray that that was in his will and that I'm prepared for that because right. that's all part of our death. Our life is death. And and there are risks that we take daily that we don't even think about driving, walking down the street. Um, you name it. There are lots of risks that we take. This is a new one to, to a lot of us. So we need to be extra cautious, pay attention. But as Trey is saying, you know, don't live being consumed. And as the Bible is saying, don't be consumed by that anxiety. Right. And, and I, and I think that part of it, uh, and it's one of my favorite songs, but it's out of first John. It's, you know, he says, John says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And I think if we mm-hmm. focus on what love is, which is to give oneself um, away or to sacrifice for the sake of an, of another, mm-hmm. So, so for example, if, if you or I get it, if I'm, you know, my dad could, you know, probably wouldn't be good for him to get it. Right. So, so out of love for him, you know, we'll try to do what we can to, from what, from what I can to try to protect him. So if I need to wear a mask or, or whatever I have to do, I'm going to do that. Out of love, right? Not out of fear that he's going to get it, not out of fear that I'm going to give right. it to him, but out of concern for the other person. So, again, all those things are are acts of love. I think another thing in terms of offering it up, washing hands that you're that you're supposed to do relatively regularly yeah. as a result of this, particularly if you have touched something or been been in places where others have done. I've heard people say this, and I've tried to make this. I mean, pick a prayer. And yeah. pray the prayer while you're while you're washing your hands. Yeah, the da- diocese of Dallas put up a printer that uh, Saint Mary's put up here in their bathrooms, and you know, save souls and save save others at the same time, physically and spiritually. And it it's a cute little graphic about saying the Our Father, Glor- Hail Mary, and Glory Be, or in in succession there as you're washing your hands. And yeah, I think I think that's a that's and part of a Catholic view is. Our everyday, there's nothing that we do that cannot be offered mm-hmm. in union with Jesus' perfect sacrifice on the cross, right. made present again, represented in every Mass that we can't offer by having a daily offering or even just an offering every time I go to wash my hands to say, look, I, I'm just washing my hands, but I'm going to 
offer this to you as spiritual sacrifice. I'm going to give it to Jesus and ask that he take it and make something great of it. I think too many of us, myself included, think that what we're called to is this greatness. But if you think about all the great you know, saints, little Mother Teresa, things, little, little flower, little things with great love. Yeah. Well, how little of a thing is it to wash your hands? Mm-hmm. But if you do it with love, mm-hmm. if you if you say, I'm going to say a prayer or I'm going to pray for this person or I'm going to you know, ask for protection for my child, do it while you're washing your hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you do it as much as I've done it, my poor hands are falling apart. But 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 you know, that's yeah. a lot of prayers. Yeah. And you know, the more you do that, the more you focus less on the anxiety and more on the good things that are going on in life and more that you can focus. And I was just giving uh, thinking of the example of the things that can weigh me down today, if, I, if I'm if i reading the news, which I, I think I have a responsibility to do when I'm working with the radio station right. and have a, a, a house full of teenagers and up, it, it's my job to be informed. And But sometimes those things can kind of weigh you down and you Absolutely. can feel it physically, the weight of the world sometimes if I take that and try to place that on my shoulders you know, I come home from work and I'm like, how's the day going? And they're asking me this and I'm going, oh, it's just been kind of a heavy day. But as soon as somebody says a joke or we say something funny at dinner and we start laughing, you know, I'm living in that moment and I'm not thinking way behind or way ahead. It's just in unison, in unity with my family. There's joy and there's love in that. And, And I don't let the weight of the world pull me down so much. And so I think those great small acts of, of great love through small acts of, of kindness, whether that be washing your hands, telling a dad joke or right. doing something, you know, fun, offer that up. And that can really physically turn your life toward the, the proper focus. Absolutely. And I think that, that we as Catholics understanding that most of our lives are the mundane. Most of our lives are you know, as a parents, most of our lives are, has the well, kids taken this over? I mean, have we, have they done their homework? You, they you and I lately, they, we've had so many teenagers, in the, teenagers in the house. The mundane is something we pray to have. You right, know, it's, exactly. It's not so mundane anymore. And, and we're, we're like, oh, I miss the mundane days. But be, but, but, but be <laughs> in the moment and, and remember that I think, I think if you love, if you ask God to love through you, mm-hmm. if you give yourself away then you can get kind of, it's not lost in the moment, but you kind of get engulfed in the moment, so to speak. Yeah. And then that takes away your thinking about all the other stuff that you really have no control over. Mm -hmm. Because my mom was, and, you know, I think I was probably a little bit mentally warped by this, but she used to always say, you don't ever know when the last time is that you'll have with somebody else. You never do. So mom was always like, I don't, you can be in an argument, you can be whatever, but whatever you do, the last thing you need to say to somebody is I love you. Yeah. And, you know, as a young child, if they didn't show up on time or whatever, I'm thinking, okay, is this it? Yeah. You know, know? so I'm I'm not, you have to be careful with how you do that. But as a parent, I think it's important to, to remember that, and again, when they're younger, this is not something appropriate to talk about. But the reality is, is we don't know how long we have. Right. We should be living every moment <laughs> as if it were our last moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should. Yeah. And and so if we're around, I'm, I'm, I've struggled with this recently, lots of things going on at home and I've lost my temper or, you no. know, get mad about, <laughs> you know, hey, you have I asked you to do this and you haven't done that you know, three times and then it, it starts unraveling in terms of me mm-hmm. and I'm not being a good example instead of just being in the moment and then try to, instead of it escalating to an angry moment, be more of a moment of, Hey, this would really help me. It, you know, if you, if, if you would do this for me, even if you don't feel compelled to do it, or even if you think it's something that can wait. In other words, what's happening is, is I'm giving my heart to them. I'm, I'm instead of using my dad voice and which is fine, but what I need to do is share with them. Okay. There's a lot going on right now. 
and everything that you can do, every little thing that you can do that I can hand off to you that I and, and trust that you're going to do it takes a burden off of me. And for that, I'm grateful. And what I found is, is when I've approached it that way, it ends up getting done better than if I'm nagging or yeah. doing whatever. I mean, um, or letting it unravel into this tirade, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I had, I mean, I had Stephanie you know, little confessions of Trey Cashin, but I mean, you know, had, had, had her say, you know, the kids is like, what's up with dad? You know, I mean, yeah. why, why he's, he seems on edge. Yeah. And they said, well, she, he is, but you know, these are things you could help. And then she came to me and said, Trey, you know, they're, they're, they're seeing you. Yeah. And so that, that to me is love. It's like, okay. So I had to go back to them and say, Hey, I have not handled this well. I apologize for that. Please forgive me. Here's what's going on. And that's love. And it casts out fear because what, what, what was instigating my response was the fear. If this doesn't get done, then da, 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 right. da, da. And I'm already several days or weeks down the road <laughs> in my thinking. And, yeah. and so I think that that's, that is a way of handling fear is to let it go. So what, one thing that I I've noticed so much is that fear and anger work very well hand to hand. Uh, yes. Faith and love work Absolutely. very well as the antidote to Absolutely. fear and anger. And so in the same way, your fear can well up and anxieties can build and build on one another. So can anger. And so taking that moment in love to stop the cycle, just right. take a deep breath. Say, okay. Yeah. I realize And sometimes it takes, like you said, Stephanie or some other person to intervene for us to realize that. But once we stop the cycle, take a step back and look at it, you then respond to anger with love for, for the kids and break that cycle. Same thing with fear and anxiety. You get to a point where you're really letting it affect you and you, you need to step back, stop, look at it out of faith and go, look, in the Bible, what am I going to add to my life by this fear? Now, now there's certainly a number of people in our listening audience that have uh, a, a chemically based anxiety that's that's right. involved in their brain. That's not what we're talking about. That's a whole nother issue. Right. But but in the day to day anxiety that we we all experience, um, if we can stop that cycle for a moment, take a deep breath, and sometimes that means we say a prayer while washing our hands, or we just stop and ask God for help. Take a deep breath and look at kind of step outside of yourself. Look at that anxiety. See if it's bringing you any peace or any help in life. If it is, that's good. It's in a good place. That means I'm not going out in a thunderstorm because it's going to lightning and hit my head. That's a, that's a good amount of fear. But if I'm not stepping out to live in life because there might be a small chance that I will break my shin when I'm walking down the street, you know, just, to, yeah. you know, that's not a healthy anxiety. So you ask in faith for God to give you the 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 courage to do what he needs to do to take he needs to do to help you but you need to take that next step yes. if it's if it's a good thing to do you know no I think and I think that one of the prayers that I think is very easy for anybody that I that I learned you know as a result of my when my mother years ago was was on a ventilator mm -hmm. twenty plus years ago that she ended up recovering from. Her mother, my grandmother, was there and was, you know, never left her side. Mm -hmm. But but I remember her just over and over saying, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, yeah. I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And and so I think that's a good prayer to have going on that doesn't take a whole lot of effort <laughs> to, to try to ask for the grace to remember to say, I trust in you. And, you know? and you say that at the very moment. You're having fear, you know, because that's a normal, that's a normal part of who you are. It's how we've been created is to have times where we will have those emotions. And one of those is fear. So in the very moment of you having fear, you give it to God, say, I trust in you, though I'm weak, you are strong. I'm strong through you. Jesus, I trust in you, even if you don't feel it, you know? No, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's one of the things you don't have to feel it. Yeah. If that's, it's, it's what love is, right? I mean, love is not a feeling that, I mean, that's something that love is an action. And so it doesn't matter if I have warm fuzzies and feel like this is doing it. It's not some 
um, mm-hmm. gymnastics of the mind that are helping you do this. It's, it is saying, okay, right now I feel out of control. Right now I feel like nothing is working. Right now I feel like everything's going to come crumbling down around me. All those things are happening right now. I feel like that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Whether I necessarily feel that or not, it's part of what, it's like saying I love you to your spouse or to your children right. when you may not feel <laughs> in the moment that that's the case. You know, and, and there are so many fears that are going on in our society, not just with the, the coronavirus, but with the fear of, of race relations, with the fear of mob rule, with the fear of, you name it, uh, defunding police departments. You know, you could, we could go on and on with the year 2020. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and, and there are so many things that I think could be solved if people would just, sorry, but just shut their mouth. And open their hearts and say, Jesus, I trust in you. I think honestly, it's the only or, thing you or, can or do. stop writing on social media and, right. and instead say, Jesus, I trust in you. You I know, think, right? I think that um, I think that it's very important to remember that. I think the biggest fear that I've and and even the not only just anxiety but kind of the whole thing that I've had is the, is the level of uncertainty. I realized that prior to 2020, prior to all of this, Corona, mm-hmm. the race relations, everything that's going on, there was so much I was certain about. Like next Tuesday, you know, we're going to have a soccer and next Friday <laughs> we're going to have soccer. And oh yeah, we have this. And it was yeah. just so regimented and yeah. so predictable Yeah, for, for 50 some odd years of my life. Everything has been so, this is what's going to happen on this day. Yeah. And assuming I live to there, well, now almost everything, yeah, almost yeah. everything, just even going to the store or yeah. going to mass or well, going to things that are just so taken for granted, mm-hmm. the uncertainty of, okay, I, I went last Sunday, but am I going to be able to go next Sunday? Yeah. I mean, you and I can't even predict if we're going to be alive this time next week. Absolutely. For multiple reasons. And it, but, it, but now it's become, now it's, <laughs> so that was true whether Corona ever came or not. I know. And, but I think that what happened, what happens is, and so there, there can be a blessing here in understanding that mm-hmm. we're, we never really are certain prior to this, I think that most of us would have said we planned out, you know, I could tell you three months from now what I'm going to do. The reality is now I can't tell you three months from now what's going to be going on because there are so many things that could happen. Well, you know what the reality is, is that was the way it always was. Yeah. I mean, it really, that's not Truthfully, yeah. different. It's just that we had a false sense of we're in control of this. Mm-hmm. And now I think that we're being put in a, in a situation where we're not in control, which in reality is the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. But we ha- But now we're having to be confronted with the fact that we're not in control. Well, so who is in control? Mm-hmm. And that is what I think God's calling us to do. Is to say, he is in control. Who are you allowing to be in control? Well, yes. I think that's part of it. Are are you allowing God to be in control and say, God, whatever happens, happens. You know, I I need to do the steps I need to take to to take care of myself and others around me. But ultimately, you are in control. But if you say, no, I'm in control. I must do this. I must do this. And without putting God into the equation, then that fear and anxiety is just going to be ramped up. Right. And and now it's going to be ramped up more than ever because we, mm-hmm. if we're honest with ourselves, we don't know. They could shut everything back down. There's all kinds of things that sure. could happen. Yeah. I could get sick. You could get sick. I yeah. mean, there, there, there are so many things that could happen that we, right. that now we're confronted with the fact that, yeah, you know, it's close. I know several people that have been, sure. have, that have been that. So it's not like this distant thing that like I'm watching the news and, oh, yeah, that's happening over there sure. or in this other place. Yeah. It's happening in All my own us. family. It's yeah. happening among my friends. And so now I am more aware of my lack of being in control, even if I want to say I am in control. Yeah. And and I think that that, that, is, a, that is a grace in terms of asking God to say, okay, where I'm not in control, you're. I'm going to give you. I'm not in control of anything really. So I'm. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. hand you everything, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do the next thing in front of me. So that doesn't mean sit back and don't do. It just means 
for everything that I worry about, everything that I'm concerned that might happen, I've got to entrust that to God more than ever now. And, and should this end, we should take this forward because that's really yeah. the way a Christian is meant to live. And it's so funny because this doesn't just pretend or parallel and, and um, this doesn't uh, have to do just with uh, crisis, doesn't have to do with the way our country is right now. It, you can apply this sort of thing to your personal finances. I mean, you know, right, you, exactly. you can apply this to so many aspects of your life to say, look, I'm not ultimately in control, but if I give God the control, I have the faith that he's going to take care of me. And I think it just says that all over the Bible passage that you read. Right. And so, so I was, when you said that, you know, I remember when Grayson, who's 21 now, um, kind of out of nowhere, it was a healthy pregnancy. Everything got, ended up saying we're going to have to life flight him to, to Houston mm -hmm. when he was, I mean, two, not even a day old. And I remember Deacon Bill Scott um, coming in, and I'd heard him say it before, but he hugged me, and I could hear under his breath, and he said, whatever, Lord. Yeah. You know, it's not always what you want to hear, you know, <laughs> but that's a good, that's a good, that's yeah. a good, that's a good prayer because it is saying yeah. that now, of course, everything was fine, and, and, and I believe the miracle occurred somewhere, somewhere in between, mm -hmm. but that is that letting go, because guess what? We were following that there was no, there was nothing we could do. So sometimes we want to be in control and we recognize that we're not. Yeah. And then the answer is, well, either nobody's in control or he's in control. Well, I'm going to trust that he is in control. And that's what faith is. Ultimately, mm -hmm. faith is that trust that there is one who's in control. And not only that there's one who's in control, but that one loves me so much that he died on the cross. So no matter what happens, good or bad, good or bad, no matter what happens. Right. Or, or, let me rephrase that. What we believe we, is right. good or bad. Right. So like one of the great verses in the Bible that I, that I, that is worth memorizing is Romans eight twenty eight, mm -hmm. because sometimes you have to say this, we know that in everything God works for the good of those who love him. Right. We, we know that. So it doesn't, matter <laughs> what the outcome is and, and, and if it's consistent with what we want. He's not like a divine slot machine or, you know, or, you know, a, a place, a genie that we go ask to do it. We yeah. have to trust that whatever he's doing is for our good, even if it's not what we want him to do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know the older I get, the more I can look back at things that were challenges, things that sure. I wished that hadn't happened or wish it had been handled differently or I wish I hadn't gone through that have all been things that if I look back, I wouldn't change them. I may not want to go back through it again, but, exactly. but, but, but I wouldn't change them because in and through that, he revealed his love for me and his ability to take something that in my estimation was bad and work it for my good. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I think this is a time when he's asking us to trust him, mm -hmm. you know, where he's asking us to do the next thing, be kind to the, the next person that you run across, be kind to your spouse. How can I help, you know, smile, or at least, I mean, I think you can see a smile under a mask. I mean, whatever to the next you person, you, the see, eyes, yeah. you know, in the eyes. I mean, those are small things, but if they're done in love, then you're communicating that God who is peace, that God who is love in and through our actions. And so if we begin to see ourselves as um, hopefully manifestations of God to others in small things, not in a dissertation, not in a yeah. perfect homily, just in a... Hey, how are you doing? You you doing mm -hmm. okay? I mean, those type of little things offered to God in union with Jesus on the are immensely valuable to God. You know, one thing that I, I kind of comes to mind is when people are afraid, and, and this is myself included, 
we pull into ourselves yes. and we don't communicate with others. I know Trey, you came in out of the heat today and you were tired and Thaddeus wasn't here. Um, and, and I'm here and I'm not usually the one that's producing the show. And you're like, Hey, do you want to participate in the show? And I was like a little fear, you know, like, I'm not sure, but in our discussion leading up to the show and throughout this entire show, we've been talking about it. We've been just expressing ourselves and I noticeably yes. notice in your face and I, in how I'm feeling, I feel a whole lot better than I was an hour ago. Well, I, so, absolutely. And so in talking and communicating with other people, it, it means the, the whole world. And I, I, I think there's so much fear going out there, uh, going on out there that people aren't, they're talking past each other. And if they're saying anything at all, it's, if it's not so insulting, it's, it's just so reactive. And instead of saying, you know, what you're saying makes me feel this or, you know, communicating with one another, it's so important right now. And I just notice, you know, you and I are great friends. We weren't fighting when we came in or anything, but just by this discussion, we've had a, a great, you know, therapy session with one another just by communicating with one another. And I think there's so much. That. Yeah, we are. And, and I think that's where, you know, by everyone putting on the masks, it, it can endanger that. But people also put on the mask of hiding behind social media and saying things there that they normally wouldn't say face to face with someone. So, yeah. you know, communicate well with one another because that can help break down a lot of fear. And if you can't communicate well, just say or write, Jesus, I trust in you. Yeah, I mean, those are those are so important. But I think it does point to us the fact that we're meant to be in communion with others, which means communication. So, so communicate, you know, trust yeah. God, do small things with great love, no matter what they are, cook a dinner, yeah. um, spend and time with each other. When you have fear, when you have the anger, know that that's normal, but step back, take a deep breath, talk to someone about it. That's what we're built for. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, we're at the end. Hopefully this was helpful. I know it was for me and Dennis. I'm, I'm grateful to God for that. But uh, always remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Because he will. God bless you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. 